Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Of course, we have come to 8 o'clock now, just after the news, and we're going to get into our Bible study. But just before we do, we, we have, have a another clue, clue for the quiz. quiz. And Lyle doesn't know what the quiz is. I do he not does know. not I know the there answer. There are still two prizes available. And by the way, the first prize is, what? what is that book there, right? Oh, yes. So we have a prize for the book. This book is called Made to, Made to Crave by Lisa Turner. Now this is a book. It's it's awesome. Um, it just basically it, it shows us this this great link um, between health and God, and you know how when we all have that desire, um, you know, for life, we all have that desire to want meaning, and at the same time, um, we have a desire to to live our best life, and it just bridges that link of of health and God and how we can, you know, using godly principles, live a healthier life in every single way. So, it's an awesome book, Made to Crave by Lisa Turkos. If you want this book, call us up. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843. And have but, a stab at the quiz. But you have to win the quiz to you get the book. You will have to do so. So, our next clue for the quiz. Of course, the first clue was six days before the Passover dinner. Uh, sorry, six days before the Passover, dinner was given to Jesus at my house. Now... Let's 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 try the next one. Who am I? The chief priests. The chief priests planned to kill me because on my account, many of the Jews were putting faith in Jesus. Oh, and Lyle has it correct. So there's no double prizes today, but still, you can win this book, Made to Crave, by Lisa Turkhurst. Give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. You'll get the prize. But Lyle, it's now time. Now time to encounter God. Okay, and how are we going to be encountering God today, Lawson? We're going to be opening our Bibles up to and Revelation. Part of the book of Revelation. We're going to be going, going to, to Revelation, and I believe we're going to be in chapter 8. Uh, Finally well, in chapter 8 today. Hopefully we will get there. Hopefully we'll get there. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. But let's go to chapter 7 because we have a lot of material left in chapter 7 that we have not yet covered. Yeah. So we do need to look at it. We do need to consider what it is that is taking place right here in chapter 7. And we have been focusing our attention on the subject of the 144,000. So the 144,000, the Bible tells us they are that group of people that stand on the sea of glass before the mm-hmm. throne having mm-hmm. the harps of God. And the Bible says, here are those which gain the victory over the beast, his image, his mark, and the number of his name. That's what the Bible says. And we noted that the mark of the beast has obviously not been enforced yet. And so here you have the last group of people who are alive here on this earth just before Jesus comes back. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about a group of people who go through an incredibly unique experience because they get to see all of the final events, Mm. including the seven last plagues. So there's a controversial statement yep. for me to throw out there. Mm. Um, if you don't feel comfortable <laughs> with that, then give us, a, <laughs> give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. Give us a call on that number if you would like to weigh in on this discussion. Mm-hmm. The second thing that we need to point out in relationship to the 144,000 that we have already looked at from the last couple of weeks is that this group of people is made up of the 12 tribes of spiritual Israel and not literal Israel. Mm -hmm. And that's easy to to determine if you simply work your way through the list that is given to us right there. You find that uh, literal Israel is not included, but spiritual Israel is included in this particular list. Mm -hmm. 
and so um, this is definitely spiritual Israel. Not so. This is the church. This is Christianity. So this is the Christian church. This is the the last group of Christians who are alive here on this earth. Uh, we looked at some questions over whether spiritual or literal or symbolic number, and we found out it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Or the only reason that that the only reason that the discussion ever comes up is because people are lacking their assurance of salvation. Yeah, that's the only reason that people ever raise that question is if they are not experiencing experiencing assurance in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we we considered that for a moment, and then we also looked at uh, the question of no intercessor. And the simple fact remains that at some point Jesus will leave the temple in heaven. The Bible says that no man can enter in there while the plagues are being poured out. Mm-hmm. He will be coming back to this earth, and you can't be, in, if you're a human being, two places at, two, at, at one time. Mm. And so the sanctuary will be empty, and people freak out over standing without an intercessor. We noted that the Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The question is not whether Jesus is in the sanctuary or not. The question is with Je- whether Jesus is with you or not by mm-hmm. the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the Bible says he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Jesus will always be with us. We will never have to stand alone mm-hmm. because nobody can do that. That's impossible. You can't go to a uh, spiritual gym and build up your spiritual muscles enough here on this earth mm-hmm. so that you can do Christianity by yourself. Mm-hmm. You can never be that strong. It's just not possible without Jesus Christ. But of course, with Jesus Christ on your side, with the Holy Spirit living with inside of you, you can be that strong in his strength. <laughs> yeah, wow. It reminds me of that verse. In, uh, with men, this is impossible. But with, but with God, God, all things are possible. Which is an, another way of reading that verse is, with God, what have you got to fear? 100%. What, yeah. what are you afraid of? <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. It's like if, if so the, everybody the, that gets weighs in on this discussion and gets all bent out of shape over it, they're mm. all driven by a subconscious lack of assurance. Ooh. Ooh, big clown. I know we went through this in the last show we did, but it is. It's just like a massive, it's a massive thing, and it's yeah. so touchy. It is. It's so touchy with people, like, talking about, okay. And I remember going through this as a, as a young Christian myself, you know, like, when I was first coming into the church, like, I found Jesus, and I was so pumped, and then I went into ministry, and I started seeing how much I lacked as a person, <laughs> seeing how much I didn't stack See up. See all and, your brokenness. And how, and full, like, uh, how yeah. short I fell, and I remember having a conversation um, with 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 someone and and we're at a skate park and it started to rain and um, we're all Christians there and he was like oh man maybe God made it rain so that none of us would you know someone was about to break an arm or something and we'll find out in heaven and I remember thinking at the time I was like man this guy just knows he's going to heaven that's it's crazy like and then I was like Am I saying that I don't know that I'm going to heaven? And then I, that, that, you know, that was very early on in my Christian experience, but that was, that really highlighted to me. And that was like a real bigger moment for me to say, no, I've got to, I've got to be assured. Absolutely. And I've got to be assured. Like, and it's not, I'm I'm not forcing myself to be assured. It's like, I know that God is good. You know, I know that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I know that he has a desire to mean to, for me to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth and that he's given everything for me to be saved. I, you know, you come to that realization that, wow, God's on my side like, like no one else. You know, you look at the world, you look at everything, even, even your, in, your employment, for example, like they pose to be on your side, you know, because they pay you, your employer. But ultimately, if you do something wrong, they'll fight you. Like this is how it works. Whereas God, 
no matter what, at any time, is always on your side. You just have to be, you just have to make the decision to accept that. And that's, that's the beauty of, 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 you know, the, the Christian God, like the, the God, like Jesus and the God of the Bible is that, you know, it's no, it's not someone we have to appease. What can we possibly give to God, a, a being who lives outside of time and space? What can we possibly do or give to God that's of any practical benefit other than just respond to the love that he has for us? No, I, I just gone on a bit of a rant here, but I just love it, man. I just, just love it. Just rant on, Lawson. Just rant on. Just go it. hard. Why I not? Love, I love this topic of the 144,000 because but before I didn't, before I was like, oh, man, that's gnarly, like only 144,000. But now I'm like... I just want to be one of those guys because I want to be there at the end of time, like seeing Jesus come down from the clouds. Of course, you'll see that, you know, if you're dead, raised up. But imagine never dying. Imagine never dying and you, and you, you get through those plagues and, 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 you know, his faith has been sufficient in your weakness the whole way through up until you're standing on the shore watching Jesus come down from heaven. Like that is just some next level stuff. Like that is a real experience, right? And it's... Like, he offers that to all of us. All of us who are alive today, like, we, we have that same offer of, you want to be a part of the 144,000? Well, you can be. You just have to, you know, you don't even have to do anything. You just, it's completely free. You don't have to pay me to, to be in the 144,000. You just have to be open and willing and ready. That's it. That's it, man. That's it's it. awesome. Simple it as that. Awesome. It is indeed. Wow. What, what are we continuing on with our Bible study? Where Where are we supposed to? What are we supposed to be doing? No idea. No idea whatsoever <laughs> at all. Where are we up to? You tell me. Uh, no, we were in Revelation chapter 7. Okay, mm-hmm. so something we're going to move on to, to, to talk about today is that this last group of people will go through the seven last plagues. Mm-hmm. Now, this, so the, the, the Christians who are alive up until the return of Jesus, um, going through these seven last plagues is a controversial question because people worry about that. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So this is once again a question on which I get a bunch of emotional um, objections, I guess I, I, mm. I, I, I guess mm. I should say, and that are based on absolutely nothing in the Bible and no reason whatsoever at all. There's no reason behind them. There's no, there's no biblical. And really you only find these kinds of objections coming up in Western societies amongst Western Christianity. Mm-hmm. But the basic objection goes like this. God's going to pour, pour out the seven last plagues. God loves us. Therefore, God would, would not want us to go through the seven last plagues. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, but again, like you said, like, why wouldn't... From from an emotional perspective, you can sort of see where these people are coming from. Mm -hmm. My question is this. Have hard times existed for God's people down through history? Yeah. Have God's people faced persecution down through history? Yeah. Have they faced the death penalty down through history? Yeah. Yeah. Religious liberty is an aberration of history. Mm Mm-hmm. This is something that has only existed in a short space of the history of the world and mm-hmm. for the majority of the history of the world to be a follower of Christ meant that you would face bitter and severe persecution. Mm-hmm. Why would God make it different at the end of time? And just because Christians have faced persecution down through history, does that mean that God does not love them? Yeah, wow. Well... Think about this, Lyle. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yep. God really loved Jesus, right? Because mm-hmm. Jesus was God. Mm-hmm. And he 
went through the worst suffering more than any of us. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Because there was a purpose for it, right? There was a purpose for that suffering. Exactly. And there's a purpose for the suffering that human beings go through here on this planet as well. 100%. And part of that purpose is ensuring, is, is ensuring that sin will never, ever, ever come back again because everybody knows the results of what happens when sin turns up because they've seen a couple of thousand years worth of it. Mm-hmm. Man, just just before we, we get into this more, I, there's just a verse that I want to share. It's like yes. one of my favorite, favorite, favorite passages in the Bible. Um, and it, it, go, it goes something like this. It says, So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So what this is saying is so so that sin could be atoned, Jesus suffered, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. so that salvation could be met, so that, so that there could be the ability for people to be saved. Jesus suffered and died outside of heaven as a man. Then it goes on to say, uh, this is in verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 13. Then in verse 13 it says, So let us go out to him outside of the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. The Bible is pretty clear. clear. It's like unequivocally clear. clear. But Mm -hmm. then the best part is, is it goes on to say, so it's like, go and bear this disgrace. And it's like, oh, so is this a purposeless disgrace? It says, no. No, in verse 14 it says, For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Yeah, amen. We can be assured that our suffering isn't, isn't for nothing. Because we have a home in heaven. That's right. You know, this we have not, somewhere, this world is not yeah, our home. somewhere to be. And that's why we see in persecuted countries Christianity just exploding. Mm-hmm. Because they know this world's not their home. Yep. And they're just doing as much as they can to win people for Christ. But anyway, continuing on, that's another one of a Lawson, Lawson sidetracks, but it's pretty on point. Okay. I think it's extremely on point. Absolutely. Of course it is. Verse 14, the Bible's, the, the, the question out of verse 14 of Daniel, of Revelation chapter 7 is this. Mm-hmm. Does God save Christians from suffering persecution and tribulation? Do Christians not go through tribulation? Verse 14. Okay. Would you like me to read it? Yeah, why not? Okay, Revelation chapter 7 and verse 14, the Bible says, And I said to him, Sir, you are the one who knows. Then he said, These are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. Okay, so does God take Christians out of tribulation? Does God take Christians out of the world? Is that the is that the biblical model that we have? No, we see people dying. The Bible says in the clearest possible language, in my translation, it says, these are those which came out of great tribulation. So, in mm. other words, they have been through great tribulation. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about this great tribulation that happens at the end of time, and let's find out how big of a tribulation it will be. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1. So, this is speaking about the great tribulation at the end of time, the seven last plagues. And let's consider it in the context of other tribulations that have existed down through history. Daniel 12, verse 1, please, Lawson. All right, the Bible says, At that time, Michael, the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time, uh, then there will be a time of gr- anguish greater than any since nations came into existence. But at those time, but at the time, at that time, every one of your people whose names is written in the book, will be rescued. Okay, so the Bible says that this will be a greater time of trouble than the world has ever seen. So this mm-hmm. will be the biggest of the biggest of the big of tribulations. Mm-hmm. We're not, not looking at any anything small here. Um, 
So what we're going to do next is we're going to go over to Psalms 91. Oh. Psalms 91. And let's see what we've got here in Psalms 91. And the Bible here speaks about the seven last plagues. And it speaks about God's people during the seven last plagues. And this is a passage that is definitely worth considering. In fact, we need to look at it because it tells us exactly what happens during the greatest tribulation that has ever existed while Christians are still here on this earth. Let me read a couple of passages out of this. A thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but no plague will come near you. Mm -hmm. That's a great promise right there because that speaks to us in the clearest, most unequivocal language imaginable and tells us that, yes, we will see these plagues. We will see destruction on a level that we have never dreamed imaginable. Mm -hmm. We will see loss of life, but no plague at the end of time is coming near the faithful, the righteous, those who've given their lives to Jesus Christ. Mm. Okay, so where do they hide? Where are you going to hide when the seven last plagues come? Uh, Lawson, you're going to go and find a uh, cave in the bush and uh, stock it with food and uh, water. <laughs> Doomsday and, uh, preppers, like get my bomb shed shelter yep, ready. Bomb shelter <laughs> ready and uh, ammunition and guns and shoot anyone yeah. that comes near and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Is that your solution to the end of time? I don't think so. Okay. Verse 1. Tell us where the righteous will hide at the end of time. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Okay, so if you want to hide at the end of time, there's actually only one place that you can. And the only place that you can hide at the end of the end of time is under the shadow of the Almighty. So if you are worried or if you are afraid or if you are concerned about the seven last plagues, I have an easy solution for you. And that solution is simply this. Go and memorize Psalms 91. Mm-hmm. Remember reading the story of Corrie ten Boom during the Second World War. Um, she was imprisoned um, along with her family for uh, harboring Jews that mm-hmm. were escaping in Holland. And they actually helped many, 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 many Jews uh, who passed through their home, did a tremendous amount of good work. Mm-hmm. And the day that they were arrested, uh, her father sitting them down and them reciting Psalms 91 together. Mm. And what an incredible psalm of uh, just, you know, uh, God's protection and God's care for us in very, very difficult times. Mm. Okay, let's go over to the Gospel of John and let's see the biblical principle in relationship to tribulation that the Bible outlines here. John, Gospel of John chapter 17 and page ten, page ten, it. page ten, page um, ten, verse fifteen. Alrighty. So there are those who will come along and say, "Oh, God's going to rapture everybody, all of the righteous out of the world before the tribulation happens." Well, why is it? My question is this: Why is it that only the last generation gets this privilege? Why does every other generation have to go through enormous mm-hmm. tribulation? Mm-hmm. I mean, this really comes from a, a complete ignorance of history to to make this claim because why would God do it just for the last generation but not for any generation that lives before that? Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's completely out of kilter with everything that the Bible teaches and it's out of kilter with God's method through history. So Revelation, John chapter 17, verse 15, please, Lawson. Okay, the Bible says, 
make them holy. Sorry, this was verse 15. 17, verse 15. Verse 15. Uh, okay. I'm not asking you to long, uh, to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Okay, so what? notice what God is doing here. He says, I'm not asking that you do what? Take them out For of the world. For all the saints who from their labors rest, who thee by faith. Before the world confess thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. Alleluia, Alleluia. Thou wast their rock, their fortress, and their might. Thou Lord the captain in the well far fight thou in the darkness cheer their one true light Alleluia Alleluia Oh may thy soldier Oh, 
Welcome back, guys. That was Indelible Grace with For All the Saints here on Faith FM. We have another clue for our quiz. We're a little bit behind on clues. Okay. So get ready to call 1-800-324-843 you know is the number. You know yeah. I'm going to give you a double clue. A double clue coming up? Double clue. Here we go. Easy. Who am I? This is a double clue. I am from Bethany and after being dead for four days, I was raised up by Jesus. Ooh. Making it pretty easy now. Give us a call. You know what our number is. Or you can text us through on 0491064669 if you know the answer or contact us via any of our social medias and we should be able to get a prize coming your direction. Now, we were on a roll there. In the yeah, we were on a serious we were, we were, roll. We were in the zone. And then all of a sudden we hear, hallelujah. Like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's okay because we're just getting getting stuck back into it. Lyle, what are we up to? We are up to, we were talking about how that God's method is not to take God's people out mm. of tribulation, but to protect them through tribulation. God has never done this in the past. He will never do it in the future. And we were looking at this verse here in John chapter 17 and verse 15, where Jesus says, I pray not that you should rapture them, but that you should keep them from evil. Mm. Okay, it says take them out of the world, which is the yeah. same as rapture. Yeah. But I'm throwing that word in there just so that you understand just how clear the Bible is on this subject. Mm -hmm. Jesus does not say that he's going to rapture the righteous out of the world when the last tribulation comes. Jesus says that the righteous will stay here and be protected from the tribulation that takes place. Mm -hmm. That Jesus will be there with them right the way through it. You think about the, uh, the parallels that you've got. Between Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3 yeah. is the story of the great golden image. Mm -hmm. Now, here you've got an image that was to a global government called Babylon. An image to the beast is what it is. The issue here is worship. Mm -hmm. And they are being commanded to perform false worship. The penalty for not worshipping, not not performing that false worship is death. Yeah. And you go to Revelation chapter 13, you go to the very end of time and you've got exactly the same thing again. Mm. Uh, there is an image to a beast. That image is, that, that beast is called Babylon. It is a world government called Babylon. Mm. And the command is given to worship. It is false worship and the penalty for false worship is, for not for performing false worship is death. Mm. Direct parallel that you've got right here. And my question is this. Did God rapture the three worthies and take them out of the world? No. No. Did they go into the fire? Yeah. Were they protected in the fire? Yep. Did Jesus ever leave them or forsake them? No. He stood there right mm. with them through the fire, and that's exactly what Jesus is going to do at the end of time after probation closes. Mm -hmm. He will be right here in the fiery furnace with us. Yeah. And we need to remember that we need to keep those promises close to our heart because the Bible says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Okay, so we've read verse after verse after verse from the Bible that is just plain and simple and straightforward and unequivocal. Let's go now to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. And I'm going to remind you about something that we studied a little while ago. We were studying the subject of the seven churches. And in studying the subject of the seven churches, we noted that uh, the seven churches were seven different time periods through history. Mm. 
Now the last church is Laodicea. By default, we know that this is the church that will go through the Great Tribulation at the end of time. Yep. Right? Yep. The church before that is the church that will not go through the Great Tribulation at the end of time. That's kind of obvious, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I want you to notice here, uh, verse 10, Revelation 3 and verse 10. Would you like to read that for us? It says, this is the church before the last one. Notice what it says. All right, here we go. The Bible says in Revelation 3 and verse 10, Because you have obeyed my command to preserve, to persevere, sorry, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. Okay, and of course in my translation, tribulation. Tribulation, yeah. So here, here's what God says. If you're faithful, I will. you won't go through the great tribulation. So the implication is very, very clear. The church before Laodicea mm. will not go through the tribulation. What does that then say about Laodicea? It will. They will. It's like how do you how, how do you get it more clearly than this? Let's go over to Matthew chapter twenty four. Let me read something from Matthew chapter twenty four. These are false doctrines that are in our world that need to be annihilated, and they mm-hmm. are annihilated by the clear word of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay, where am I looking for? <laughs> well, we could start in verse. 24, for there will arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. Let's look at our context right here. Mm-hmm. Are the elect, are the righteous here on this earth at this time? Yeah. Absolutely, that is clear. Mm. Behold, I've told you before, if they say, behold, he's in the desert, don't go there, he's in the secret chamber, don't believe that, for as the lightning comes out of the east and shines even to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So this is taking us right down to the very end of time. Mm. And in verse 29, of course, it says, immediately after the tribulation of those days. Mm. Now, when you think about this, the Bible says the righteous are still here, and immediately after the tribulation of those days, you have the return of Jesus Christ. You have Mm -hmm. the righteous going Mm -hmm. through the tribulation. This is the model that we have in Scripture. This is what takes place. This is the experience of God's people. It cannot be written down more clearly than what you find right here. Mm -hmm. I do not know why people have to try and invent something just so that they can get the feel-goods happening. Yeah. Yeah, wow. It ultimately comes back to the... To the question of assurance, right? It does. If you do not have assurance, then you're going to be terrified of going through the tribulation. But if you've got assurance, there's nothing to be afraid of. Hundred percent. Because yeah. it's about confidence. Like it's about am I am I confident in in God? Like am I like assurance and, and confidence is sort of tied up one of the same. Like am I am I confident? I think people reflect the the confidence that they don't have in themselves on God. Like the confidence that they're like, oh man, I can't get through this. And they're like, oh, so God wouldn't want me to get to to go through this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but your confidence, like your 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 assurance, isn't isn't in yourself. It's in God, man. Come on, wake up, wake yep. up, read the Bible. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So let's go over to Revelation chapter seven and let's continue on this uh, subject right here. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many more things that we could look at, but. We need to place our, as Lawson said, we need to place our confidence in Jesus Christ because he will never leave us. He will mm-hmm. never forsake us. He will be right there with us. When the world goes the furthest down the tube, when the times get the most difficult, when we are facing the hottest persecution, that's when Jesus comes and stands amidst us, mm-hmm. in the middle of us, right with us. Yeah. 
trying to use some KJV English right there. <laughs> wasn't quite working. Okay, the Bible speaks about two groups of people, two separate groups of people in Revelation chapter 7. Mm-hmm. In verse 9, the Bible introduces a different group of people. So the reason for this is really quite simple. There are those who have become confused over the 144,000. And they've recognized that, yes, this is a reference to the Christian church. This is spiritual Israel. Mm -hmm. They have noted that this particular group is the last group of people Mm -hmm. alive here on this earth just before Jesus comes back. And they have noted that these people are saved people and then wondered, are there others that are saved when Jesus comes back? Mm -hmm. Now, the Bible speaks about the time when Jesus comes back as being the time of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And so right here the Bible says, After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations, kindred, people, tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with right robes and palms in their hands. More people than anyone can number. This is the remnant. Flaming star comes. 
seven seals are broken and seven vows are open and seven trumpets personally invite you to worship God with us each Sabbath. We start off with Bible study groups at 9.30am, then hold our community worship service at 11am. We also organize groups that meet during the week to connect, eat, and study the Bible together. So if you're looking to be part of an encouraging Christian community, come and join us. For more information, you can call me on 0422-896-553. That's 0422-896-553. on your face. 
Welcome back, guys. That was the Porter's Gate with Wood and Nails here on Faith FM. We have come to our question of the day time. Do we have another? T- no, we don't really have. Yeah, we, we, we need to do our quiz. Yeah, yeah. So we have one last clue for the quiz. Again, you can give us a call 1-800-324-843 if you know who this is. But our next clue is mm. for the book Made to Crave. My sisters are Mary and Martha. Okay, who was the brother of Mary and Martha? If you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. Or shoot us a text message. Question of the day, what have you got for us there, Lawson? Okay, so question of the day is, what comes first? The tribulation? No, you read it wrong. No. Which comes first? The mark oh yes, of the, the mark of the beast, <laughs> or the outpouring of the holy or yeah, the latter rain? Really Man, awesome. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. But no, we we're even here. we even practice. This. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the good. mark of the beast. Mark of the beast or the latter rain. rain. So a lot of you are wondering what on earth is the latter rain? What 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 is Lawson talking about? Uh, the latter rain is spoken of in the Bible in a number of places where the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is described using agricultural terminology. You had two rainy periods in Israel. Uh, And, of course, the Israelites would plant just before the first rainy period. Then the rain would come and the seed would germinate and start to grow. The second rainy season would come at around about the time, uh, a little bit before the harvest, and it would cause the grain or the fruit to ripen. So you plant before one, you harvest after the other. And the Bible talk uses this kind of language to speak about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'll just give you one example here. Isaiah 44 and verse 3, the Bible says, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my Spirit upon your seed, and my blessing upon your offspring. And so the Holy Spirit in the Bible is described as being rain, and the early rain, which germinates the harvest, the germinates the crop, the latter rain, which produces your harvest, are used in the Bible to describe two great outpourings of the Holy Spirit. And of course, we find the first of those taking place on the day of Pentecost, a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It germinates the seed of the Christian church, and from there the Christian church is established and goes forward from strength to strength to strength. However, we have been talking about the last great tribulation at the very end of time, and the Bible speaks about just previous to that, another great outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happens uh, to prepare God's people for what is ahead of them. And so once again, we note that God provides for his people. We can read about this, and this is the very short version of it. I have a whole uh, entire 45-minute presentation on this subject that we don't have time for today. Uh, the Bible says in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, It shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions also upon the servants and the handmaids in those days. I will pour out my spirit. And then, of course, it goes on to say, And I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And so here you have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a very, very powerful, tremendous outpouring of the Holy Spirit, similar to what happened on the day of Pentecost, just before the return of Jesus Christ. The question is, which comes first, this one or the mark of the beast? The answer is very simple. This one comes first. Do you know what it is that is holding back this particular outpouring of the Holy Spirit now, right now, Lawson? 
tell us. What is it that is what is that is stopping this uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now? It is simply this: you. Oh, ouch! And I. Oh, okay. And you, as a listener, it's us. Because God wants to pour out His Holy Spirit. It's not that God is holding back and like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to be stingy about this. No, God wants to pour out His Holy Spirit in great power and He will pour out His Holy Spirit on those people that are ready for it. The question is, are you ready for it? Am I ready for it? Because if we are ready for it, God will pour it out upon us. The Bible describes it in Revelation chapter 18 as another angel that comes down to this earth. And the Bible says that the whole world will be lightened with the glory of what takes place. Don't forget, if you have a question that you would like to send in for question of the day, then send it to us here at Faith F. M and we will slot it in for our question of the day. Right now we're going to move on with Anna Beden. This is Genuine Love and we're going to have her in the studio later this week.
Listen to Anna Beden with Genuine Love here on Faith FM. And don't forget, we're going to have Anna Beden live here in the studio later this week. So make sure you stay tuned for that. She's come down to do the Arise Express program. Encourage mm. anybody who missed out this year to start planning for next year. Uh, that takes place, of course, in Newcastle on an average, uh, on, on an annual basis and uh, runs for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Bible boot camp. Yeah. Okay, Lawson, we have come to the end of our show. We're about to give something away. What is it that we are giving away for our free offer we today? We are giving away a book called The Rapture Deception. Okay, so all of the errors that exist around the concept of the rapture that you have never heard of are presented in this book, revealing dangerous errors about what Bible pro- about Bible prophecy and the end of the world. This is by Steve Wahlberg. He has written a number of books on the subject of the rapture, uh, exposing many of the errors and falsehoods um, that surround so much of the teaching that takes place in relationship to this important subject. Of course, the rapture being a Latin word that means to be taken up. The Bible speaks about being taken up. Nobody's going to question that. What we are going to question is a lot of the sensational, uh, exciting, and Christless concepts Mm. that actually attack the character of God in very, very subtle ways that surround this important subject. So be the first caller through to get Steve Wahlberg's The Rapture Deception here on Faith FM. 1-800-324-843 is the number. Or text us on 0491-064-669 if you're feeling lucky. Yeah. If you're feeling good, give us a call. If you know who, if you, if you think you, you want this book, if you know you want this book, give us a call. Of course, we are coming to the end of our show today, but I don't know, I've had a great, great time. What about you, Lyle? I've had a fantastic morning and uh, we have particularly enjoyed your company. Mm. Uh, it would not be the same with you as our listeners and for your participation in today's show. So stay tuned and we will be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow.